0: the air to the ground, from shore to shore. Veg-cast. I'm Vance, coming at you with VegCast 74. VegCast! A full menu from first to last. VegCast! Yes, we are coming at you again with another full menu, and this one is a quasi-Thanksgiving theme, but uh, it will not be getting out to you. As you might have noticed before Thanksgiving, so we're going to turn that into a general holiday theme and end of the year celebrations theme, and appropriately... Uh, Carolyn Scott will be joining us in a new and exciting experiment that we're doing around the end of the year, straddling the end of the year. First, Carolyn Scott is coming here on VegCast to talk about uh, her show, about her uh, progress, the vegetarian and uh, vegan issues out there in California. And then we are going to have a second part after the end of the year, Uh, Out there on her show, so stay tuned for part one of that fantastic experiment. We'll also have our regular features here on VegCast. We will have some music by Will Tuttle with a very explicit Thanksgiving theme, or perhaps you could even call it an anti-Thanksgiving theme, we'll see, and a science fact that has to do with uh, wildlife and the, uh, the effect that grazing is having on wildlife life ecosystems. So, all that's coming up with a couple of other things, and I invite you, as always, to sit back, relax, and crank up your MP3 player as we deliver to you the 74th. VegCast! VegCast 74 is brought to you by Luna and Larry's Coconut Bliss. No soy, no dairy, no comparison it's the evolution of ice cream. And now we're going to go straight away, as promised, into part one of the grand experiment uh, between me and Carolyn Scott, the Healthy Voyager. Take it away. Okay, joining us right now on VegCast, we have the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott. Carolyn, welcome to VegCast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. And this, we should mention, is part one of a grand podcast slash radio experiment uh which will span the uh the new year we're going to do this part uh on vegcast now we'll be doing another conversation in january on the healthy voyager uh and the theme here is how the approaching holidays and uh and how that gives us a chance to look forward to the new year is that or, or is that am i characterizing that correctly
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have a new year, actually a new decade, which is really hard to believe. And there's there's a lot going on as far as health and veganism and all that good stuff.
0: Okay. Well, before we look forward, let's look back, and uh, why don't you just fill in our listeners on how you started the show, how you started Healthy Voyager.
1: Sure. Um, I've been vegan for uh, almost 11 years now. Uh, But back in 2005, I realized that I had been kind of keeping mental notes as to where I'd been eating when I traveled because, you know, 11 years ago it wasn't as simple as it is now. Not that it's, you know, a breeze now, but it's definitely a lot easier. Um, And I can imagine it was even worse 20 years ago for some pioneer vegans. But uh, I started to keep notes and I realized, you know what, I think this could be a fun show, you know, a la Rachel Ray. So I started to develop it and I pitched it to a few networks and they all loved it, but they all said, you know what, kid, we are just not ready for healthy stuff or, you know, meat market kind of food. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I started the blog and the travel show on my own. And uh, ever since then, it's kind of spiraled out of control. And I've now I have the travel show and the cooking show and cooking classes and my radio show. And uh, there's just a lot going on with the brand um, that's become... Not just travel anymore, it's travel at the crux of it, but um, it's more of a healthy and lifestyle brand for all sorts of special diets, um, but mainly, of course, vegan. And uh, yeah, so it's been a good, geez, going on five years of, uh, of doing what I'm doing. So it's been great. Great.
0: Okay, so you're, you focus not just on travel, but healthy eating uh, in general, and you do also, uh, it's not just the process of traveling but you have uh, on your site, different uh, assessments of different places uh, in terms of uh, their, their food options, their healthy options, and so forth. I didn't get a chance to go all the way through that to find out if you have uh, been here to assess Philadelphia. I mean, you're out on the West Coast, so I, know, I don't know if you've come this far. No, yes,
1: I have, and I'll tell you what, Horizons is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite destinations okay. of the sea, uh, in the country.
0: Well you just uh you, you just scotched our attempt to go for one podcast without mentioning horizon so we'll have to try that on vegcast 75 instead but i don't know if you heard our what was it the vegan podcast challenge which i'm still challenging vegan podcasters and of course this goes for radio hosts whose uh, stuff is available on in podcast form uh that back on the second vegcast i walked i walked through it for four Vegan restaurants in five minutes, and have challenged uh, any other city, any other podcaster in any city to uh, to come up with that density of uh, of vegan restaurants. Is is that something that you would like to take on?
1: I'd love to, man. Glad I know it. I think I could have been able to do
0: that, in Portland. <laughs> uh, see, I've heard I've heard people say that, and yet I have not. Uh, you know, I haven't been to Portland myself, and I haven't had anybody take this up. You have to actually get the audio recorder out and walk the thing in real time. And then uh, I will gladly cede the uh, the championship, which I have awarded to Philadelphia, based on the criteria that uh, that I ba- you know customized for our
1: town. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, I'll see if I can swing it here in town. A lot of places are sprouting up no, Um, so I'm I could definitely do that. But I'm I'm that's just an excuse excuse me to go back to Portland because I'll. Yeah. That is like dying and going to vegan heaven up to
0: Cortland. Right. Well, can you either give us a sense of new places that you've seen recently or any trends that, uh, that you've noticed across different cities? Because sometimes, you know, those of us, we're stuck kind of in one place. We see a vegan restaurant open or close or whatever, but uh, we may not have a sense of what, what is happening in general that I, I hope maybe you have more of a big-picture sense
1: yeah I would say in the last year year and a half I have just seen an explosion of veggie and vegan restaurants popping up and um I would say at least I know in Los Angeles we've seen a lot of places pop up but there are a lot uh well they're kind of mainly vegan junk food, I like to say right a lot of fried fake chicken and fried this I mean it's, it's decadent because for most of us we haven't had that kind of stuff in, in a good billion years so sure. It's really fun and a treat to say, "Oh my God, I can have anything on the on the menu." But uh, I've seen a lot of that, at least in Los Angeles, Um, and in my travels, I am starting to see not so much just vegan restaurants coming up, but even regular restaurants, even chain restaurants, being able to accommodate vegans uh, a lot better than they used to. Um, You know, I, I used to say that, you know, back when I used to travel you know, a decade ago as a vegan, and I would if I wasn't in a major metropolitan area, people would look at me when I said, oh, well, I'm vegan, like I had lobsters crawling out of my ears. So now, <laughs> you know, people are people like, oh, yeah, I know a vegan, or I know a vegan, or, oh, I'm vegan, you know, so it's a lot easier now. So I think it's not so much that a lot of vegan restaurants are popping up outside of the metropolitan areas, but more so that people are more aware and more accommodating at regular restaurants. And you're starting to see I know Diet Cheese popped up like wildfire, at least here on the West Coast. I don't know if you guys have gotten it there yet, but I'm sure you will because it's a it's phenomenal vegan cheese, and that's starting to really show up in a lot of restaurants, even regular restaurants. Regular pizza joints are starting to offer it for vegans. Um, so that's, I think the product market is growing really quickly.
0: Yeah, that's great. Is there any particular, you mentioned chains, uh, starting to accommodate, I mean, we, we know the uh, Burger King has long had a veggie burger, which uh, I believe, I, I'm not even sure whether the burger itself anymore is vegan because they, they put it on a non-vegan bun. But um, what is is there any other example or something that you have noticed from any given chain that you could give us any specific uh, you know, flashpoint there?
1: Yeah, I know that there are a lot of restaurants, I believe, the Mexican chain,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and I know California Pizza Kitchen. I mean, they are really just a phenomenal chain for vegans to, to head to. Um, a lot of restaurants are starting to create little icons like a leaf or a heart or something like that to put next to veggie-specific items, which can normally be easily veganized, just, you know, toss out the cheese. But um, I'm starting to see that some chains are offering a... Uh, like a specific vegetarian menu like there'll be like a little corner that says these are veggie Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah specifically the chains that I think are very helpful are um, uh, California Pizza Kitchen and their servers actually really know what uh, what ingredients are and what so you're not stuck with someone who's like I don't know happens a lot and then you kind of just you know roll the dice and then you find out later (laughs) and it tastes (laughs) terrible Uh but CPK's been really great about that and they have a wide variety of things that, that we choose from. Um, I know Chili's has some good items. I did a whole um, expose, I guess you'd say, at uh, the beginning of the summer, uh, national chains as well as fast food places that accommodate vegans. And you know, and I pretty much ran the gamut and said, what is vegan in case you have to go there for whatever reason? And some are definitely better than others.
0: Okay. Well, I, I don't want to stick too much on this uh, fast food chain question, since uh, it's a little bit antithetical to the healthy part of the healthy Voyager, but uh, just because you're you're talking about a lot of uh, chains out there in California and that's where we would expect this kind of thing to originate, do you see uh, something along the lines of a nationally uh, sustainable or nationally uh, credible fast food vegan chain starting up anywhere
1: there is and it here is spreading like wildfire it's the veggie grill Uh and they have four locations here in the los angeles and orange county um areas and they are looking to expand exponentially over the next year or so and they're looking to have one in every major city and is hand down one of the best restaurants in los angeles they've gotten so many awards and they've gotten veggie news awards and they are just phenomenal and what's great about them and this is something that i think a lot of vegan restaurants um fall prey to um it's just kind of it's, a lot of them kind of open up with good intentions they're very mom and poppy but don't know do the business side of it so unfortunately even though the food is great you know there's still a lot of business business that goes into it well veggie grill these guys that put it together are really huge great business guys and they have just modeled the perfect chain i mean every place Great, it's funky, it's cool, and about 90% of their uh, clientele, they are not even really vegetarian and they are repeat customers. Great. That's a testament to how great the food is and how big they're growing. So I think we're going to see a lot of veggie grills popping up over the next few years all over the country.
0: All right, well, be sure to uh, tell them if you're talking to them that uh, Philadelphia could use one. We're always looking for <laughs> to help, uh, you know, establish those. Uh, those uh, stanchions out on the east coast of, uh, of their enterprise. So, But as for your own enterprise, uh, do you have uh, particular projects and things that are uh, coming up on your radar as we look forward to the new year and new decade?
1: Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm working on my series of uh, books. The first uh, few cookbooks, there are about four cookbooks. And then uh, there are a bunch of lifestyle books. I'm working on those. I'm working on my own line of food. Uh, to go snacks, obviously healthy Voyager. Um, working on all the spin-off shows like the the cooking show and a celebrity interview show. So there's quite a bit going on. That an iPhone app, which will be sort of a resource, kind of like an online Zagat guide, but for everything from restaurants, hotels, products and services that you can pick up anywhere in the world and find where you can find a gluten free cookie or where there's an eco friendly hotel that is pet-friendly, you know, that sort of thing. So That's just cool. a lot of resources for all of us helping
0: nuts. Cool stuff. All right, well, so I before we go, I wanted to check uh, in with you about the holidays, and uh, you have a blog post up about, uh, you know, the whole Thanksgiving thing and the holidays. If you're getting together with family, if you're not getting together with family, is there any, any of that that you can distill for our VegCast listeners, and uh, then we'll point them to your blog in the show notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My blog comes out every Friday, and normally it's a city blog, um, different restaurants. But around the holidays, I do come up with tips. I'm doing my holiday gift guide uh, right after Thanksgiving, so be sure to look for that. Um, But as far as Thanksgiving and the upcoming holidays afterwards, um, yeah, there are a lot of things you can do. Like what I like to mention, when you're sticking around town and if you're hosting a dinner, um, try to probably host something. And I know everyone's had kind of a year financially and sometimes buying all the groceries to cook an entire meal can be pretty pricey. But to host a potluck and make it fun, make it kind of like um, a food network Thanksgiving throwdown. You know, have people do, have a contest where you're you're cooking up meat stuff and and just making the, a day out of it. And who knows, record it, put it on YouTube. Um, but I like the idea of an eclectic menu, a potluck menu, and making it like a game. Um, right. But if you're going home and and you're not. For whatever reason, going home to a fully vegan or fully special diet, dinner, you know, make up some stuff that, uh, some sides and some items for everyone to try uh, and bring your cookbook with you and kind of scope out if you're going somewhere where you haven't been before, scope out the local health food places so you know that you can get the items that you need. Or, of course, when in doubt, always pack your goodies, just, you know, pack them in a paper plastic bag so that they don't uh, they don't get all over your clothes. So, so okay. you just have to be prepared.
0: All right, and uh, you mentioned uh, the Food Network. That remind me uh, if people wanted to see Carolyn Scott showing up in, uh, in whatever media form or there are places they can look for you over the, the holiday season.
1: Yes, um, everything is available on HealthyVoyager.com. That's www.HealthyVoyager.com. There you will find the blogs, you will find recipes, you will find all of my shows including event coverage, cooking shows, and the travel show, uh, and the radio show, um, as well as the Healthy Voyager Approved Directory, which is what I mentioned before, kind of that that Zagat Guide directory of of everything. Right. Um, Yeah, all kinds of, you know, links and resources, and you can contact me directly there, and follow me on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff.
0: Okay, great. Well, that's all the time we have for now, but we will be checking back in in January, and uh, uh, maybe looking back on the holidays and assessing that while looking into the new decade. Uh, and Carolyn Scott uh, you know, Keep on doing what you do you, I don't know how you uh, keep all of those Irons in the fire out there But uh, you're doing a great job And thanks for joining us on VegCast
1: Thank you so much, Ben.
0: Okay, great That is, of course, Will Tuttle with Turkey Song from his album Animal Songs. And I wanted to play Will Tuttle uh, not only because he is a musical artist who does express the spirit of thanks and gratitude in general more than uh, just a lot of uh, different musical artists, but especially because I'm thankful to Will for sending me a CD of some specific Animal music related material that I had asked him to look for. He finally uh, located it, sent it off, and I just got that. And I w- really wanted to uh, voice my thanks to Will and let the world know how thankful I am. And now we're going to turn from thanks to science. Our science fact for this vegcast is: study grazing threatens U.S. wildlife. Habitat. This is an Associated Press report, and it begins thusly. Reno, Nevada conservationists say livestock grazing poses a threat to a wide variety of fish and other wildlife across more than three-fourths of their dwindling habitats on federal land in the western United States. Using satellite mapping and federal records, Wild Earth Guardians began a study last year matching wildlife habitat and U.S. grazing allotments across more than 260 million acres of federal land in the West. The results confirm in graphic form the story goes on. Previous research finding that incessant, ubiquitous public lands grazing has contributed to the decline of native wildlife concludes the report entitled Western Wildlife Under Hoof. Now, I'm spotlighting this not just because of the data involved, but to make sure that people are aware that 260 million acres of federal taxpayer-owned land is actually being given over to cattle ranching. Uh, A lot of people are just not aware of that, and uh, rightly so, since it's something that uh, the beef industry doesn't want you to know, especially when they make that argument that uh, the calculations of how much land required to grow plant protein versus animal protein are off because you can graze animals on land that would be unsuitable for growing crops. Well, this is that land, and these are those habitats that are being destroyed By that process happening, Uh, the story does mention the bulk of the federal land studied is managed by the Bureau of Land Management, which issued grazing permits and leases to 15,799 ranchers and other operators, covering 128 million acres of U.S. land in 2006. So that's just uh, something to bear in mind about uh, part of the environmental toll of cattle ranching and therefore the environmental toll of meat eating. And, of course, there are many other uh, ill effects from meat eating both on the environment uh, and on you and on the animals. But right now we are just homing in and zooming right in to focus on this one particular science fact. Well, we're just about done with VegCast74, but before we go, I wanted to mention a product that somebody had sent to me to see if I would try it, and if I liked it, just mention their site, and I don't want to try to compete here with Vegan Review, who actually does reviews of different products, and I recommend their podcast, of course, uh, if only for their fantastic uh, musical taste, but... um, the uh the item in question right here is bountiful vegan cookies that's the name of them you can find them at bountifulvegan.com and they sent us a, a sampler pack of four of their cookies their their stick if you will is that each cookie uh it's a large cookie and uh it each one they have a line of four each one is named for something that uh you want to Uh, ingest, perhaps, or get into your life. There's a love cookie, a prosperity cookie, a harmony cookie, and a well-being cookie. I uh, shared these with my family. I took the prosperity one, and uh, things are perhaps looking up there. Uh, I don't know if that has uh, any magical properties. It was a very tasty chocolate cookie. Um, the, The harmony cookie I wanted to mention is a lemon snickerdoodle. That is the only one that did not... Uh, have a little bit of a problem with crumbling. The uh, the other cookies, they would sometimes break apart a little bit more than you wanted. Uh, I don't know if Boundable Vegan is perfecting that recipe. Obviously, one of the things about vegan baking is that you don't use eggs, so you uh, I have to use something else to make sure things hold together. I think the lemon was doing a great job in the Harmony cookie with holding that together. But as far as taste, uh, the cookies all tasted great. And so if you have an interest in Bountiful Vegan Cookies, please uh, head on over there to BountifulVegan.com. And I'm sure that all of those varieties of bountiful Vegan Cookies would go just splendidly with a nice bowl of Luna and Larry's Coconut Bliss. Who remind you that there are many ways to achieve bliss. We use coconuts. And that is going to do it for VegCast74. I want to thank Carolyn Scott for joining me in this great podcast slash radio experiment. I want to thank Will Tuttle for sending me that CD and for allowing me to play his music on VegCast. And Of course, I want to thank you for downloading and or subscribing to VegCast. We'll be back in December. And until that point, please get out there and live like you mean it. VegCast!